and welcome to What Our Point Weekly, where we bring together a variety of perspectives to discuss the biggest stories of the week and decide what our point, or if in fact there are no point at all. Today it's Friday, May 20th. Nick is here. Hello. Dan will be joining us later in the episode, and Ben, sadly, has COVID again, which is just wild. Gotten it. I think this is three times, Ben. Are you out there somewhere? I hope you're doing well, buddy. (laughs) How many times can you get COVID? I think when your kids are in daycare and you get all sorts of things. I don't know. It. We're about to go through that at some point. My Let's sister's just... gotten so many illnesses. Luckily, not COVID. Yeah. Okay. It's a dirty world. The older I get, the dirtier it seems to get. Well, when you're in a confined space, I remember basic training. One person got a cold. The entire platoon got a cold. It was just a petri dish. You're just living with people or just interacting with people in a close-knit yeah. location. Okay. To the biggest news stories. So the one that obviously jumps out is the Buffalo Massacre shooting killing, which was awful on a lot of levels, obviously because of how it's racially prejudiced and how he lays it all out, has no qualms about it, and drove from a different part of the state. So it's just, it's very creepy because it def- it makes you feel like someone from anywhere could just drive. And, and then when you get down to arguments or discussions about why it happens or what can you do about it, I just think that goes down the wrong rabbit hole because... How do you uncrack the egg of like American racism? You don't like you start with education or whatever. So you go down a whole different. So then you almost have to look at the obvious regulation type stuff. And so the, you got guns, which is constantly being battled about back and forth, back and forth. It seems like that needle is moving slowly. The NRA is, you know, a defunct organization. But then you've got this new craziness on the Internet of people organizing this whole discord element oh man ben actually knows a lot about discord is very scary because i mean what's so creepy about it is that it's he directly talks about that new zealand killing which was oh yeah the mosque shooting and so wait nick you work right somewhat involved with section 230 stuff which is about like the stuff posted on your i mean you don't have to talk about your job or whatever but how do you how do you tackle the whole issue of figuring out who is posting things? Could Should Discord be self-regulating, that type of thing? Like, how do you even figure that well, out? Well, I mean, my, I mean, you know, there's things that don't even need to be said about this event. How horrendous it was. The espoused views of the killer were just lunatic, fringe, revolting beliefs that, sure, there, there's some... It's hard to say whether or not, I mean, grievance is a powerful weapon and and it's a bad weapon to a certain degree and it can be used for very nefarious purposes. And when grievance, you know. So you're talking about the whole, uh, what is it called? Replacement theory? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the part where it's not even worth going down because how do you address people? We, I mean, then you get into a conversation about jobs and like, yeah, people of a, like, you, I mean, like, it's a, it's a cultural problem that I don't know. I mean, I just, it's like above my head to, I don't even yeah, know how you, I. So at some point, at least to mitigate the problem, you stamp it down from above. So does there need to be better, like, should there be more resources put into, like, people investigating internally our country? Or should, like, every time a new platform pops up that people seem, because, you know, people just run around the internet finding the, like, little Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, like, I'm not... So if if you give the government a tool, an authority to restrict certain speech, um... I mean, there, there, there is. I mean, it's like the Oliver Wendell Holmes saying, like, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. 
that's that's sort of this test, this threshold. Like, yeah, obviously, if someone's posting something online, that's like, I'm going to kill people. That is a threat. It's not necessarily yeah, that's protected not, exactly. free speech. And, and that's why it's not even a free speech thing at some level. Yeah. I'm talking about just an investigative. Like, you would do that as if the if people, if the FBI thought, you know, blank was going to commit a mass killing in the U.S., it would be investigated. So doesn't it yeah. need to be brought under that umbrella? Like, shouldn't there be a lot of resources Put into investigating like 16 and 17 year old white men who play too much Call of Duty and like talk about how women hate them online. There should be like an incel task force. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is that not possible? I mean, I Nick, you gotta help me start drawing up these bills. I want to well, do the, the, the Korean so age there, bill. There, there's wanna... intent. It's like obviously I'm not supporting that any of any of those like incel people that are committing such crimes. But I think that there is there's like a thin line that. Okay, so then policy solutions. Policy solutions. So the devil's always in the details. Like, how, I mean, I, I don't have the answers to solve these problems, but I can. Maybe it's easy for me to point out some of the existing proposals, how they just won't pan out. For like sure. If you're gonna, if you're gonna create a government task force to write, do content regulation, like, what makes you think they're gonna do a better job of that than? Of Facebook, which has like a lot more money and resources and expertise to do. Yeah, I mean, but they, they have user agreements, they have incentives to do proper content regulation. But the proposals out there are like, well, the government should do it, or they should self-regulate certain things through the courts. It's just not; these aren't like viable solutions. Well, what about they something won't like lead to the outcomes that are desired? Shouldn't things like Twitter and Facebook, which you know Elon Musk is even making the argument, are somewhat public goods, or it's like a public square or whatever, almost like in the financial markets, how you would have a regulator in the building at a bank because they they need to do so much due diligence. They're, they're not. It's not. Why Twitter's wouldn't you have like public utility? It's not like electricity or. Even, I mean, I'm not saying it's a public utility, but I'm well, there saying are people that, that would do want to regulate it as such. But it, it's a public. If it is a public square, then what? What? What's the proposal? You You think there should be regulators? There should be a There should be a division of some sort of regulation agency that sort of lives inside of Twitter and makes sure they behave at all times. Because at some level, you can say like, oh, well, like anything's allowed. But like you just said about the Oliver Wendell Holmes stuff, you can't say everything. And there's certain aspects of Twitter that allow the worst of people to get out of themselves and then it that borders on many different ways you can put it as like you know bigoted speech or just like literally violent speech and so there needs to be some sort of standard to judge what is proper and not off of it doesn't seem like these places do a very good job of having like an ethical or moral line they're like oh we don't know we're like and so they always hedge on the side of falling back on the user or whatever they never you don't think that they that there needs to be at least a tightening of these processes like the internet is filth i mean what i'm seeing trend wise is there's been a decrease in twitter users i mean it's bots it's it i mean there's just no way currently and no serious proposal out there there's a guy named there's a professor at the naval academy jeff kosif who's really good about this and and again i i need to do my homework on it but like it is incredibly difficult to do, if not impossible, to essentially like regulate speech to prevent. I mean, not regulate speech all the time, but like there needs to be better. The, I mean, to moderate the other thing the is private groups and these little I don't know. It's it's and it's, you're putting it on the I mean, whose authority if, if it's the government regulating it, then I mean, sure, you know, you might have a government of your 
choosing that you like that does it, but then, you know, there's an election and politics change and you have a government you don't like that's doing it. It's just, I mean, I just think the government should play no role in this. Yeah, obviously. obviously the government should play a role in keeping people safe, you know, like preventing the fire stuff. But like, it, I, I think it's like, yes, Twitter should be doing this. It should be improving their content moderation. Facebook should be doing the same. But it, if you're asking the government, to do it that's separate that's a whole new ball game all right that i think infringes on people's rights and it, it does set a very you're handing almost too much authority to the a governing body that quite frankly doesn't know how to do it doesn't know how to do it effectively like, all right let's let's pivot to uh nato what do you think of finland and sweden deciding to join nato it's great and i think they're value added to the alliance i think finland you know, if you look at history, they fought the Soviets during the Winter War. Sweden has a very powerful you know, military that they take very seriously. They have, you know, great submarines. They have a powerful Navy. Maritime patrol is probably their, like, niche expertise. They, they're very value-added value military to the alliance. I see no qualms with them joining the alliance. And I think if if you want to show Putin that committing atrocities and invading a sovereign nation in the name of preventing NATO expansion, if you really want to show him, I think that's the best best approach is to enlarge the alliance. I don't think it's a burden on the U.S. So do you think, think it's, it's going to actually go through or is Turkey going to block it? Um, I think through negotiation, eventually it'll go through. I think these countries have no, I think they're, they're I think the Turks are trying to leverage some things. I think they're complaining about these countries harboring PKK. Yeah, so um, why are they doing that? Is there is there truth to that, or is there some level of, like... Yeah, they've been sort of... There's some truth to it. These countries have a long tradition of, like, being a safe harbor for certain, you know, varying political exiles and stuff, but I don't think that's a deal-breaker. I mean, we we harbor a guy named Fethullah Gulen in Pennsylvania who's not friendly with Erdogan. He's kind of this cult leader in Pennsylvania. And I mean, we're, you know, we're obviously the backbone of NATO. And we're a strong partner and we sort of still have good relations with Turkey for the most part, despite that. So I, I think it's just Erdogan trying to leverage, trying to get stuff out of NATO and the U.S. Could that, be like a, could that be a foreshadowing to how Ukraine could be resolved if Turkey gets involved and is like... No, I mean, the Turks... I don't think the Turks would leverage that excuse against Ukraine joining. I think that the Turks have been providing Ukraine with Bayraktar. No, but drones. I mean, like, I remember months ago, maybe it was a month ago, there was a proposed, like, peace talk in Turkey that fell through. Yeah. Like, could they be just, like, a conduit nation? Because it seems like they, they can. And I think they might be sort of trying to leverage themselves as this sort of middle ground. But they're, you know, they're part of NATO. They still closed off the Bosphorus from Russian ships. And they, um, you know, they... They're providing like key weapon system to the Ukrainians called the drone, which they've been using to. Oh right, I heard about that. Convoys. Isn't that like some revolutionary drone because it's so small, or you can launch yeah, it? Yeah, it's easily. small. It's, it's like, like one of the smallest you... armed drones, so it can fire two missiles. But what is I mean, it called? The Ukrainians have been using them very effectively. What's the name of it? Or how, Bayraktar. It's a TB, TB2 Bayraktar. Interesting. Uh, they're very effective. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I think they're, they're, I don't necessarily see that as a deal. I mean, I think, obviously, if you were to ask me 20 years ago, should we let Finland into NATO? Should we let Ukraine into NATO? I probably would have been more hesitant, but conditions change. And Putin, you know, decided to do this, decided in 2014 to do certain things, and he decided in 2020 to do certain things and i think for every action there should be a reaction and i think he should pay the price for his actions i mean he, he as kissinger said they're they're sort of he's risking essentially making 
Russia into a third-rate power, an irrelevant power. He's sort of self, it's almost like a self-suicide of, of political relevance and military relevance. I mean, a third of all Russian forces in Ukraine have been wiped out, which is those yeah, losses would be unheard of in the U.S. military. There would be retrograde. I mean, there'd be a whole new... What is going to happen with all the captured Ukrainian Marines? Oh, uh, from the Azovstal plant not good i mean the russians are probably not great at uh, adhering to the geneva convention you know there's been i mean to be honest there's been some minor uh, i hate to say minor but the ukrainians haven't necessarily treated certain russians well but that doesn't you know on part i mean if you're looking at the bigger picture the vast majority of human rights abuses have occurred on the russian side not the ukrainian side oh right um, but- and one Russian recently... Yeah, it was put on trial for an atrocity. I mean, the, the, the weird thing about this is that in the modern era, in like the 21st century, 2022, there are a lot of things that are video documented. I mean, the New York Times released footage of a mass execution on the part of the Russians. It... It's like the you know revolution will be filmed. This war will be filmed and captured on CCTV. It's incredible. I mean, so it'll probably be the most documented war in terms of human rights abuses. And obviously, so does that does that mean that? So I mean, maybe this is too complicated to address now. But let's go back to the ICC conversation. How do you how do you start prosecuting things at a higher level if that's the case? I mean, the ICC is is the U.S.'s relationship with it is kind of delicate over the years. But sure, if you want to use it as a conduit to prosecute Russians, you know, it's been effective against Serbian butchers of Srebrenica, you know, Slobodan Milosevic and Nelson Liberian. And I'm not going to completely discount it, but when they have a rogue, crazy, extremely fringe, left-wing, paranoid judge like Balthazar Garzon use it to go after the U.S., I think it becomes frivolous. You're always, it's always about everyone else and never about you, Nick. That's <laughs> like, like a huge dating advice or something exactly it's like uh that's like a line from the netflix hit series ultimatum yeah i highly recommend is that the new bachelor what's the like the bachelor franchise seems like it's a little bit of chaos have you moved on or are you still riding high it's off season and plus clayton season was pretty boring right that's what i'm saying you had some scandals you had some bad uh bad casts like what's the is abc in crisis like they might like they have their bachelor franchise falling apart they're getting kicked out of florida what have you been watching dan do you do you watch a lot of reality tv recently no i'm uh the only reality tv i watch is the uh beatdown that the celtics gave the miami heat last night i knew that was well you know I also think, you know, the little Premier League drama for final day of the season. Like, what are we going to do? Are That's you a so Liverpool stan? Uh, me? No. I don't, I don't, I mean, that, I don't really care. I'm just sad that Arsenal blew their chance to make the top four. But uh, yeah, I would imagine Man City win. It would be really lame, in my opinion, if Liverpool get a quadruple. I don't know why people like Liverpool so much. I mean, they're really good and everything. I mean, just and getting a quadruple sounds so cool, right? I, I learned a sport, a sports factoid. Drew Uh-oh. Brees apparently is a franchisee, a Jimmy John's franchisee. That's cool. Is that a sports factoid or a... No, that's... I think it counts fact. as a sports factoid and a food factoid. It's a two... Yeah. That's true. Jimmy John's. Um, What's having, up with you, Dan? How's life? You know, life is good out here in the sunny state of California. We're surviving. It's a very interesting time for the global macro environment. We have feds raising rates. Stocks are getting crushed. Is the U.S. going into recession? I don't know. Maybe not recession, but... All right, Dan Stradamus, what's going to happen? How's now? crypto? Do you think... Crypto's in a bit of a bear market, too, but uh, some parts of crypto are holding up better than tech and growth stocks. I think, you know, 
there, we were in a bit of euphoria and we're coming back to earth with all financial cycles. And I think and the real debate is where will inflation land? And we just have so many so many factors between the war in Ukraine and China zero COVID and rolling lockdowns, you know, COVID outages in the US, people going back to work. I don't know. It's a real, very complicated time to be a an economist. I would say good news is to be a human, have a to be a, a human yeah. animal. It's a very hard time to be a human. You've seen, you know, Amazon, even Amazon like didn't get their projections right, which they've been usually doing a great job. I would say I overall I believe in America. And so I think we just gotta there that's the biggest thing. You just gotta believe in America and America's ability. USA. USA keep, keep being USA. dynamic and coming back. All right, Dan. Wait, I got. I, we can't keep this too long. So, what else do you want to talk about? More basketball, or what's what's hot on your mind? I would say hot on my mind is it's kind of a fun time. Just I, I physically live in San Francisco, and my childhood team, the Boston Celtics, might play the Golden State Warriors in the NBA oh, Finals, which would be gonna so go? fun. I have to go, but I'm like, do I just do I fly home and go with my brother to a game in Boston? Wow, you really live so, life. Just gonna fly bi coastally to watch the NBA finals. That would be pretty legit. Well, there aren't that many times that your team gets to the championship, you know? So you gotta do I mean I fun things with your family. If you're a huge sports fan, right? It's like I, if you were a huge, I don't know, car racing fan and there was a I get it, I get it. Championship race in your hometown like would you go probably what's funny is our interests are aligned for one of the first times because a couple of months ago i bet that the warriors and the celtics would make the finals that was my bet i thought you bet the mavs celtics the well i bet the mavs independently just as a single off and then i bet the the, i bet the warriors and the mavs to be the two as my two west teams because i and then i had the celtics and then i chose the sixers as my but that did not work out but all of my warriors celtics what odds did you get on that well, the Celtics odds. The, the Celtics odds was crazy. I used a free fifty dollar bet at like one to twelve or whatever. So it was like it, I would win six hundred dollars on a fifty dollar bet. That'd be pretty nice. And then the Warriors one it was like one to six or something like that. I thought you had a Warrior Celtics finals at like fifty to one. That we had a podcast where we were just dropping. Ben was just giving you. Free yeah, money. that that was the one that. Uh, that that was after that podcast. I went and bought a couple of these, but I didn't. I didn't parlay those two. I just bought them independently. Like, oh, so, why didn't you do the parlay? I should have parlayed. You're a Frenchman, and you didn't do the parlay. I so, don't even know. I, but yeah, it's way it's way smarter. I realize not to bet on individual games, but choose something far in the distance and just then you can like sit and watch a game without. Like thinking about when the score score is gonna be, you know, like you're like, Uh, please score a goal, whatever. Harry Kane. Yes. Uh, Long term, doing long term investing and long term sports betting is maybe similar theme. That like the odds that you know more about what ten humans are gonna do in three hours than like Las Vegas. Six months. Very low, right? But like over six months, you could be like, I just kind of think this person's cool, right? Or you could say, I just think that. I don't know if you take a stock market thing like buy now, pay later is going to replace credit cards. And right. if you think that over the next five years, then buy some affirm stock because it's trading at four billion dollars and you might work. It might work out. So. Yeah, for sure. And then like I also the other one that you like I bet on Real Madrid to win the Champions League when they had crazy odds. If you just pick like Madrid has been to the Champions League final so many times that they were giving them like I put five dollars on it because they were it was like 
one out of all, like 70 odds. I was like, how can you put Madrid at one out of 70 odds? Sometimes the it just seems like yep. the odds makers, they, there's like an algorithm spitting out whatever's, you know, how 538 jumps from like 99% to like at the end of a game yeah. sometime. It's like, who the hell is writing your thing? Well, the odds are also based on like fan interest, right? So if all the fans are like, Madrid sucks because they're in financial turmoil and blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, therefore true. no one's betting on them, then... You know that pushes it too. Also, someone like, someone told me I did not realize this that they tr- count how much you bet, not how much you win, how much is just deposited in any of these things as your like spending or winnings on your taxes for sports betting apps. And they don't tell anyone this that it's not your like net winning. You have to, you have to pay on everything you put into it. So if you're sitting there like doing it all the time all of those are counting and it can add up to and i was reading stories about people who like at the end of the year hadn't like made any money but had been sitting on their app doing it so much they owed thousands and thousands of dollars you see what because, i'm saying because well but can't you take your losses out of that i don't know that's like i mean with stock trading too if you just trade stocks every day you're paying taxes on your right your gains and you can net them out over a certain period of time so i don't know but yes, um, that's day a, that trading like is a very stupid day thing trading, day gambling. I generally would say is not good. That's my financial non-advice because I don't give financial advice. But my personal view is day trading and day gambling are not great. Well, how are uh, the how are people going to make money fast and be entertained on like a daily get the like get get the capitalism? Make money fast and be entertained. Like make some TikToks and try to go viral, and then <laughs> they will give. Then you'll be able to make money in the creator economy. Or what you could do is we're talking about crypto. If you want to truly make money, the take rates, like the percent you get to keep as a creator, are you know infinitely higher in crypto and NFTs than they are in Web2 companies. So if you're posting on Instagram, you really all the money goes to Mark Zuckerberg. But if you're making some NFTs, you get a massively higher share. So if you're oh my an God, artist, you're plugging NFTs right now on the podcast. I do not condone. I'm not plugging. I'm just saying if you're going to create something, right? That's like it's like saying I get it. You have the rights to it. You get the lowest interest rate. If you're going to make something, you should try to have the highest take rate versus yeah, I get other, it. Right. So so how would I mint my NFT if I was gonna if I was gonna tweet a picture or Instagram a picture of a tree later? How would you I? You should like go to OpenSea and sign up into an account and then say you're a creator and then you can upload things and people will buy it. OpenSea is what it's called. OpenSea is one of the larger NFT platforms. Yeah. Okay, so got it. All right. A lot there create nfts but you could create you know i don't even know what you could have create, you created an nft I, yet i have not i'm not really an artist but um, you don't have to be an artist to create an nft it's also just I, a copyright thing you can copyright you, your ex- human experiences like a happening I could, could do a photo of me and sell it as an nft yeah and have you ever had a true. happening like maybe you would buy it for a like dollar but if you bought it for a dollar i would get to keep 98 cents of that dollar where if i did it on instagram Zuck would just take all the money. Zuck sucks. All right, so do you see the Celtics and Heat tough. going to seven games? No. Interesting. You think the, the team Celtics last night, I mean, the Celtics last night, did you watch the game at all? No. It was, I mean, they destroyed them. Uh, In game I guess, one. yeah, Horford and they, Smart. Right. The Celtics haven't played at full strength still. I mean, Miami is missing Kyle Lowry too, so. But the Celtics didn't have Derek White, who's their sixth most used player last night because he had a baby yesterday. Congrats, Derek White. And they still were up by 30 points in the fourth quarter and took all their starters out. So I think that was maybe the biggest advantage last night was all these players like Tatum, Brown, who've had to play every other day for the last week, 
like 45 minutes a game, like really stressful basketball, got to basically take the fourth quarter off and play light minutes. And now are flying home for the weekend to play two games. So that's huge. Yeah, you could see it being 3-1 quickly. So we'll see. Right. We're going to hope for 3-1 and then and we'll see. It'll be, I'll tell you, if you're a Celtics fan, literally every single Celtics fan thought in January that the team sucked and they should just fire the coach and trade all the players. So credit Except to for Brad ben. Stevens. Ben did not. I think Ben did in December and January. The Celtics would be up by like 15 points in third quarter of every single game and then lose by 10. It was just a disaster. I mean, they were, I forget what the record was, 17 and 21 or something like that. And then there was like one game and then it just all changed. Yeah. And since does, that date. Does Theo have any um, Celtics gear? No, he doesn't have any Celtics gear. It's tr- I need to get him right, something to make the finals. Yeah. He, he gave me the good luck charm that Theo started watching basketball and they became good. 